no easy props. So says our guest today on the Meeting of the Minds podcast. I am your host, Open Hands, and I'm infinitely blessed to be on a call today, live from quarantine, with the legend, B-Girl Asia One. Uh, some of you will know her as the founder of the legendary B-Boy Summit. Been running for over 20 years and has run economy and life blood through hip-hop in so many ways. But Asia is also an educator, performer, host, a judge, uh, dual degree holder. She's been featured in books and films around the world. Uh, she's the one they hit up when they need commentary on the breaking reissue DVD collection. Uh, safe to say, this is a legend of legends. Uh, and we're going to sit down today and get her take on what's going down with this incredible advancement of breaking being announced as one of the Olympic sports for the 2024 Games. I started out by asking Asia about her involvement leading up to the announcement of the inclusion of breaking in the Olympics. Pre precursor, were you were you involved in the talks um, leading up to this at all? Or is this news to you um, when, it, when it dropped? No, it's not news to me. I, um, I, I found out about it a couple years back as far as this, you know, that it was being considered as mm -hmm. far as to have breaking the Olympics. Um, and then with the youth Olympics, uh -huh. they had, um, they had, you know, the youth, the youth age group participating in the youth Olympics in Barcelona, uh, maybe two years ago. Right. right. So that kind of, you know, set some of the ball in motion. I think so there was a lot of unknowns, like, was it just going to be, I think initially we thought it was just going to be a youth category for the youth Olympics, which is, you know, it's different than the regular Olympics that's held in different years. And it's not part of what we see at the Olympics every four years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when it came there, there's a gentleman um, whose name is Jean Laurent. He, he works with the IOC, the, the, International Olympic Council, and um, he, you know, we decided at the summit, uh, what would that have been, not last year, so the year before, so that would have been 2019, when we had summit at Grand Park, we decided to have an open forum there to talk about this, to talk about this uh, prospect mm -hmm. of the Olympics being at the Paris 2024 Games, mm -hmm. and how people felt about it and what people felt would be important to, to consider. Um, and it was a cool discussion. We uh, filmed it, we put it online and I, and he actually reached out to me because of that. And he's from Switzerland and he was like, you know, I'm reaching out to you because um, I really think you should be involved in the USA um, pathway to creating this because um, of what you did voluntarily to just have this meeting without, you know, just because you thought it was important. And I, I kind of gave him a little bit about my background. Like, look, I'm, you know, I'm a community oriented person. I, my strength lies in um, doing things for the community and involving the community's input in things and trying to make information accessible. Cause we all know how it feels when you don't, you're not in the know and you feel like, Right. People aren't making you privy for whatever reason. That like doesn't feel good. To you. And 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's exclusive, like the mm-hmm. knowledge or, or, or what have you. And, you know, we dealt with a lot of that in the 2000 era of a different crop of people doing kind of taking over the event scene and doing things and not doing it in, in, a, in, in a community fashion where, you know, people felt invited to be part of it or that they felt encouraged or what have you. And I think here in the U S that created a lot of devastation in our scene in our hip hop scene and our breaking scene, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the work we do is to, I do especially is to counter that by, by actually doing the opposite. So, you know, I, I told him, all right, cool. Well, you know, so he plugged me in and then the craziest thing was, is that, it turned out that the four or five people, these guys that were working on this pathway to the Olympics, were I knew a couple of them. Yeah, who was and it? Who, you know they never was, had who else mentioned was involved it. in this. There's also kind of like what so, we're digging out of it. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, there's a couple things here. There's a couple layers because there, the group that is putting it together now is made up of a few people of a group years ago that was part of something called the UBA United Breaking Association mm-hmm. that um was a precursor to a lot of this and again the idea okay well you know we have to have some type of association before this can you know become actualized as a um you know possibly in the Olympics or in something like the X Games or whatever mm-hmm. so kind of you know this and even more than that, the UBA was more of a going to be a you know a, a network of people that do the dance that were able to have membership to um, have say and you know be kind of community stakeholders in general about the scene and the events and what's going on. I don't I, you know, but again, this same group was pivoted on this idea of working on a pathway for the Olympics because. Mm-hmm. This idea has been being kicked around for years and years now. Um, there was some, um, and that, and the UBA, again, it was also um, brought forth based on a parent of uh, uh, one of uh, a kid who was breaking and the parent kind of going to this, the, the student's teacher's and and being like, hey, you know, have you guys ever thought to like make this like a league, like a you know more of a competitive breaking league, or blah blah blah? And she had experience uh, working with the NBA, I believe, um, mm. doing things like that. So she jumped on board for a while, and I think was trying to help steer it. I don't know what happened with with her with that. It was just more of a consultant type of thing. But again, it it, it didn't materialize the UBA. As a matter of fact, it kind of folded. And um, other things happened since then, like like the Silverback Open and the Pro Breaking Tour. And these were all mm-hmm. kind of these kind of progenitor, um, you know, competitive breaking uh, events that were nationwide that, you know, Pro Breaking Tour is actually worldwide. Right. And the Silverback was the national one. And these are more... Um, using a systemized rules and, and, and a certain format for the events to follow and a, uh, a ranking system for the competitors where, you know, you get ranked at this level, you get this amount of money, you, this, you know, so, mm-hmm. so anyway, kind of, and the cool thing was, is that based on all that happening, 
even though I, you know, even though it wasn't the healthiest thing for the scene in terms of like, it really took people's attention in this direction of, of, of nothing but the competitive battle. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it kind of messed the events up because the events used to be kind of cultural hubs and, you know, Mm. just ways for us all to network and kick in and share knowledge and transmit knowledge and, 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 and learn. And they were hubs, you know, people look forward to these things and those events kind of bulldozed over that concept and these, the new style of events where these just come in, hit it and quit it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You come in, you, you, you're given a number, you just go out and do your round when you're called and the beats are kind of mechanical and everything's sort of mm-hmm. mechanical based on copyrights and yada, yada. And it just, took all the soul and flavor out of these events but there was a willing receptive audience for it which was the competitors right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so because people like to battle i mean it's just part of the dna of what makes us dance what it is so um that that you know that in a way was good to have happened only because it showed that there was a group of people that were interested in this and that would support it and so I think it almost kind of piloted this idea, could there be, you know, could this take this kind of direction on? Mm-hmm. So, you know, then fast forward a little bit more. Um, there was initially, again, a lot of closed door talk, not private, not inclusive. I mean, yeah, not inclusive. Very just, you know, you had little hubs of people kind of saying, well, we're working on, you know, this Olympic stuff. And you had some other people talking about it. And but is, is nothing this people was from the really community? getting done. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Is that is this people it's, from the it's community more, or is people like, from like? It's more of like. Uh-huh. No, it's it's yeah, it is. It's people from the community, larger name people, event organizers, uh-huh, uh-huh. um, you know, some legendary figures, mm-hmm. and it was more like you know, calling on them to sort of tap their brains <laughs> to talk about like what they think would you know work versus what wouldn't or. And again, it it didn't really, it never materialized in anything. So this new group of people, see, this is, this is why it's kind of interesting to me. So it's kind of like when, you know, a lot of times it takes people to create something that aren't the people that you expect would create it. You know what I mean? Like Mm. people are sitting around waiting for this, that, and the third person to, to create something, but it's usually the people you wouldn't expect that actually mm. do. And that's kind of what happened here. It was a, it was a crop of kind of this newer school um, studio dance owners mm. that were B-boys that decided to open up their own dance schools. And then based on them all having their own dance schools, started networking, interacting more and creating their own ways for their students to compete against these other dance schools, right? Mm. And they were hip hop based, breaking based. Most of them were just breaking breaking schools, um, breaking studios. Um, so this is all across the country, right? And it's not a ton of them, but there's there's a good eight, you know, seven, eight of them, you know. And um, so these people kind of decided they they went and they reached out they did a little of the legwork because you have to understand that um in order to in order to participate um there is a a world dance sport federation that is the 
the larger governing body of being able to have this as part of the Olympics. It's just one of those things, right? Mm, And so any country, any country that wants to participate has to go through the W, um, W, a bad acronym, World WDSF. Mm. Yeah, WDSF, they have to go through them in their country. And if they don't have that in their country, then they have to do a bunch of extra work probably because, again, it's it's legalities, bureaucracies, red tape, you know, all of that. And Insurance, liabilities, all that. Who, who is this? And who's, World on, Dance who's part Federation? of this federation? Yeah, who, like, who are the people that are running this? Oh, no. Well, World Dance Sport Federation is, is worldwide. It governs, like, it, it's kind of like, it's tango, ballroom, yeah. you know. they It's not bracing, you know. It's right. not. So that huh. was the biggest, that was the hardest thing was is that, you know, the, that's why things slowed down the first two years because initially we were all kind of waiting for them to kind of direct <laughs> this project, how it was going to go. But again, they don't know anything about breaking. They don't mm-hmm. know anything about hip hop. It's not. It's not one of the forms that's part of their um, their dances, and they don't have members that do those dances. So this is a new thing. Um, but anyway, what what happened in the U.S. is the 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 group called USA Breaking um, that's working. They signed a an agreement, an official legal agreement with WDSF in the U.S. to mm-hmm. be the official organization that will create this pathway. Um, so they are working with WDSF, but they really have, you know, it's basically like WDSF gives them the parameters of how this has to work, and then USA Breaking creates the format of how it will work, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. So, um, and all of that is going to be, you know, some of it you can see on their website, um, you can learn a little bit more. You can go on their IG, USA Breaking, just I-N, no mm-hmm. G. Um, and and there will be a fact sheet that will be promoted soon that has kind of a lot of just the general questions sort of answered. Um, and again, this is necessary for a country to participate. And so with this short timeline between now and 2024, it's up to USA Breaking to be able to create this format in a way that follows the necessary requirements set forth by the Olympics and mm-hmm. by the World Dance Sport Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my role is this. What I did is this. I I I I kind of looked at what they had, what they're working with, the people that they had on this committee, and I said, "All right, we need to form a." group of advisors that can help advise this group of people that's willing to do this legwork for free. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're doing a lot of hard things. They're creating the rules, their guidelines, there's, there's all types of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, they, based on this other, you know, kind of pilot, you know, their competitive breaking league that they have going on, they're able to sort of, have an assemblance of how this would look but of course in a much larger sense in you know uh you know it's kind of like a template that they can manipulate to basically say okay this won't work because this requires this that and the third but 
they have some experience is what I mean. And mm-hmm. um, they've been able to utilize their group of students to market and promote this too, because that's the other part is, is that, um, you know, you need to be able to join the organization and be a member mm-hmm. in order to, um, to, to be part of this. Right. So there's a membership and things like that, just like any other sport that's official. Um, so, so getting back to me, so what I did was, is I kind of looked and I said, look, we need a group of elders that can help with this, that can, that you guys can bounce ideas off of, that we can read some of the stuff you're creating and, and give mm. you our notes mm-hmm. as people that are experienced, as people that are stakeholders in this right. and make sure that all the people that need to be represented are right and um because again some of the initial worry were the people that happen to be on this formative council are almost all made up of studio dance owners on the usa you know it was kind of like yeah okay so Uh it was kind of like you know you don't really have anybody here from the community community i mean when i say community i mean like grassroots organizations Mm -hmm. um you don't have anybody that Right. Well, and the and the, and they are. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. hip hop heads. They are. They have. They have hip. They have breaking studios. But it, it, mm. it's more. It's actually more of a of a concern. Like you guys all have like a vested interest, interest in this, right. in a way that eh, you know can be a little questionable. Like we need this to be accepted and embraced by the public and the community. And if the people that are creating it aren't diverse in terms of their interests and um, they're what they represent um, as part of this community, then, you know, it's not the buying isn't going to be there. And that's the part that certain age groups don't understand because they, they came around at a, a different point where people just did what they wanted to do. And I don't care what people think about what I'm doing or say what I'm doing or care if they like my style or not. When before it was like, nah, you know what, there's a way to do things. And that's the way we do them. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like being able to have that elder statesman, you know, a component where we are, we feel like that where our voice counts and that we're not going to write off the elders and we're not going to um, forget where this culture came from and the communities that created it. And because the thing is, we realize too, it's like when something like when something hits big, the real interest it comes in when people want to find out about it when they're like, that's cool what they do, but what is this whole hip hop stuff about? Where did mm-hmm. this even come from? Mm-hmm. Wow. It came from like things in the street, which is that, the hope, like, right? That this would generate and, interest in the culture yeah. in general, right? Well, it will. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the B roll is usually more interesting than uh-huh. the movie or whatever. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and it's, so we're looking at it like that, like, you know, this is, and, and the other part too is let's not forget where this comes from. And if we are not represented at the Olympics and it came from this country, it's just, you know, I think the U.S., we have more at stake in terms of what we feel we have to prove um, mm. for many levels. Also, because this has gone elsewhere and, you know, like anything that, that African-American people help create in advance, they usually move on and create other things. And so it's left for other people to kind of take it on and, and manipulate it. But it's like it's gone other places and it's gone through the roof, like the dance. Mm. 
Right. And we're over here, and our numbers are not the same as the numbers in Japan or Europe that do this dance, mm-hmm. right? Especially with females, they're definitely not. And remember, the Olympics is 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 equity and equality. Like it's six men and six women, you know, on the team. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know that's the cool part too. So the good, the, there's a lot of cool things, but it's like we need to come together. We need to put aside kind of petty differences we need to put aside our own agendas and our own desire for a paycheck within this and realize there's no real money in the olympics in the sense of the olympic part you know what i mean the money is in all the things that it brings afterwards right so like more interest that, you that know, also in this dance that also that also brings up another interesting question too and especially in terms of like the the equity and equality um, like in another mm-hmm. co- conversation um, with uh, with some fam who is uh, an Olympic athlete and uh, and a woman, and um, and we're having mm-hmm. this discussion about like how money is made. Um, she also plays or, or played pro sports in America too, whereas like you have you have disparity, this gap that's way huger, right? And then you have a salary differential in in terms of like like professional sports in the U.S., right? And then in the Olympics, it's, yeah. you have this more even ground where like this little bit of money is coming from medal prizes or whatever. But one of one of the things that she was bringing up that that hit kind of hard was like this idea that if you're not making your money like on payroll from the sport, then you're making making money. If you want to be a, a full time professional at the sport, you're making your longer money yeah. off of sponsorships. Right. And and one of the right. things she was bringing up was how hard that hits her in her life in terms of you know she's she's a strong outspoken you know unique individual and she's always getting hit up from her agent of like now you got to stop that now you got to calm that down or this and that and she was talking about like how much her lifestyle is kind of like affected by the expectations that she behave a certain way because sponsorship is her primary mode of income right like, yeah, what do you, what's your thoughts on that and how that might affect people and practitioners, breakers, the culture? I think it's, you know, we have to understand that hip hop is a revolutionary and activist culture. And mm. it is, it, you know, it comes out of the civil rights movement. And that's what it is. Mm. There's no reshaping it other than what it truly is. Mm. And that's the beauty of it. And that's the strength of it. And that's the pride of it. So, it, it is on all of our shoulders to understand that and know that. And that's, you know, we have some other movements right now. We have something called the United Hip Hop Vanguard that is a national, um, it's a national group of people um, that are helping to regrow hip hop culturally again and, and to really, again, promote the idea of what hip hop truly is and, and to hopefully regenerate that understanding through making it accessible again to these communities that it's really not um it has left due to gentrification due to appropriation due to all kind of things but we know the value of it right so it's almost like how can we organically make it part of these these neighborhoods again and the limpid thing actually hmm. see the timing seems divine because when so. you think about communities of color well you think about that you know it, it's like they don't just jump on board, you know, and buy into things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's more of like 
they want to see like, you know, it's kind of like when we teach kids, you know, a lot of times the parents, when the kids start getting good, the parents that, you know, are like, so what kind of future is in this for mm-hmm. her or him? Like, what is, what is there beyond this? Yeah. Yeah. You need because your needs are got to get this, met a lot harder. Right. Right. If, if he's going to do this, like, is there careers in this? Is mm-hmm. there, you know, so this kind of changes things like in a way that is, is it's almost like respectable in a way where, you know, parents can get behind us because, wow, you know, I, I want my child to, to be able to, to, to dream big mm-hmm. and to compete nationally and regionally and what have you and be potentially on an Olympic team mm-hmm. or, or cope in this type of fashion. And we, and, and the, th- the cool thing is too, is it's like, you know, I know some of the concerns are people are, people are like, they're like, yeah, but you see how the other sports are like, what is this going to be so rigid? And that's the cool part is based on um, our talks with the IOC and, with the World Dance Sport Federation, they understand, and 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 also because of what happened with the Youth Olympics, they understand that this is different, and this mm. will this like needs to happen in a circle. It needs to, you know, our music is paramount for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it's not going to be um, judged with the same type of point system. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah, so I mean, Mark, breaking like, that a little bit, like yeah. both of those, the music. Like conversations you've been privy to where the, the music might have been discussed and how that's going to come out. And also the point system is one of the really interesting points. Yeah. What do you, what, well, the, the cool thing is, from my understanding, um, the World Dance Sport Federation, that they're able to clear really anything that we want to get played. You know what I mean? Like there's there's an ability <laughs> that that it's not going to have to be like how these Red Bull BC ones battle. So, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's It's literally like. And that's where we come in again, you know, again, it takes a village, right? So it's like, it takes like the United Hip Hop Vanguard to step forward and be like, this is our musical recommendations. These are our DJ recommendations based on our understanding of hip hop culture, based on our understanding of the music, um, based on, you know, presenting that to the public at large. So it's not just all left to these five people. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's Mm. not we wouldn't let that happen. We wouldn't want that to happen. And, and so it takes, um, you know, it, it's going to take, you know, cr- like grassroots hip hop people and organizations and just associations and movements in different cities to get behind this and be a part of it in, in a way where they say, well, okay, you know, we're down to host some of these town hall meetings. We're down to um, host one of the qualifying events. Or, you know, the promoters here is hosting a qualifying event. We're willing to work with them. We're willing, like, it's going to take people to come together in a way that we haven't really done that that much here in the U.S. Mm. And, um, and and I think that will be cool, too. I think we're just trying to sow the seeds to make it accessible and get the information out there to people. Because it really hasn't been. I think that they've they've dropped the ball on that. And that that's unfortunate. But, again, it's, when it, it's only five people. Um, and they're focused on, you know, all this behind the scenes stuff. They forget that there's a whole community that is kind of waiting to understand what's going on. And, and it, you, you have to be able to still, even through that process, reach them, talk to them, um, explain what's going on with some of these qualifiers that have already happened, explain how many qualifiers we need to have in this next year. And, you know, and, and, and on the same token, there's, 
people that feel entitled, like, how come they haven't reached out to me or, or how come they haven't done this? And, mm. and, and I don't really buy into that because we can't feel entitled like that. Like, this is something, again, if you care and you're interested, you can get the information. You can reach out to them. Yeah, you know yeah. what What's I mean? What's the pathway reach to that? Some like, of us, whatever. On some action stuff, like well, what, I mean, what is the pathway to, to being active in those in those so, terms? For like the rank and file hip hop well, head to the to the elder that's like, and nobody reached out to me. What's what's the pathway to be involved right. and have a voice in this? I mean, I think it starts with, um, um, you know, first again getting some of these basic questions answered through this fact sheet, so it won't mm-hmm. just be all you know, energy draining, answering the same questions over right, and over right, again. Right. And, you know, this sound the third and all these fears that people have, you know, like, you know, honestly, some people are so afraid of the judging part. I'm not really afraid of that part because this is going to, this is going to function more like a performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's going to, if you're not, if it's not like this many flares against this many flares and this many, you know, uh, this, style of footwork and this style of footwork, if it's not like that, because it's not going to be like that, uh-huh. then it's going to be a performance that you are judged on the, all the things that make up the dance within your, your, your performance mm. that you just did, your is technique, it, is it termed, your character. Is it termed an exhibition sport? Is that how they're classifying it? Do you know? Um, I'm not really sure yeah, exactly yeah. how it's termed, but, okay. um, yeah, yeah. I, was yeah I, I don't really know. Yeah. But, so yeah, this fact sheet, you know, when mm-hmm. it we're we're basically getting a hold of a lot of different questions to to have them answer what they know now, and also some for the IOC that you know that that in case the World Dance or in case USA Breaking doesn't know things, go to our contact person in the IOC and make sure that we're up to date on you know our understanding of anything changes, and then at that point, you know, people can. You know, they can come forward, especially like if they they have a, you know, they want to work on this project. I'm sure that they can get involved in one of the committees because there's many committees because there's the community committee. There's, you know, there's like there's so many different community committees to making this work that those will more than likely be um, um, released. And people can be like, oh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to work on that part or I'd like to. Even in my city, get my city organized so that, you know, we know, you know, we're like train, train the people in your city or make sure that they have the proper things that they need to, to do well, you know, and, and to qualify. And I think it's just like being supportive, you know, to the people that, that are going to be able to be able to um, take part in these events this, this next year and, the years leading up to 2024 that could possibly make the national team. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yo. So, so that, that just like leading that into like uh, this idea of, of like creating our own and, and, and then also all, all these councils and these federations that are involved. There's so many acronyms already like we're running through. Right. But I, it is bringing to mind, right. bringing to mind, like, um, like I, I see a lot of parallels in this to like judo, for example. Like making its way into the Olympics, and there's been a lot written about that and it's the, the ups and downs of it. It also is similar in the respect that it was a very much a cultural manifestation, you know, and and um, that's why I was thinking about that exhibition because it was, even though it's a combat sport, it was initially deemed uh, an, an exhibition sport, and I believe it still is, and I'm kind of really 
still understanding exactly what that criteria is. But the thing that I was thinking about and want to ask you about is one of the things that um, there's um, uh, it's like a world judo federation, right? Um, and um, these one of the things I was thinking about in terms of opportunities and all the economic elements that might surround this, um, you know, some sports uh, are have college at level like NCAA aspects and can be a pathway through education, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, judo, for example, that didn't happen with, but the, the governing federation uh, that was created in there um, facilitates a fund and provides scholarships for promising students through this. So uh, it just, it brings to mind that the, that grassroots element and that, that aspect of hip hop that's really built around this kind of thing and collectivizing to create power from within the community. And I wonder, like, do you feel like that's happening from these councils, federations, and groups that are already existing? Or is there a benefit to us kind of like thinking in terms of creating kind of something different? I mean, like, UDEF kind of like had that, the, uh, the, uh, what is that, for education and, uh, and inside of it, like with, with that element for break-in, but like also just, yeah, this, this idea of like really trying to collectivize interests for um, moving those economic activity, uh, you know, ac actions throughout it, whether it be creating scholarship funds, whether it be creating channels, whether it be maintaining the cultural aspects as a, a concerted purpose. Like, do you feel like that's happening in these councils and federations that already exist? Or is there something else that we should be thinking about creating in addition to those? Well, that's going to be, those are all things that, yeah, are part of, are part of these committees, right? They're, those are the things that when you think about making sure that, again, and not following the same elitist system that the other sports do. I mean, I think that was initially some of people's gut reaction was like, dang, when you think about gymnastics and you think about other things that you can kind of parallel this to a little bit, you kind of like, or figure skating or things, mm -hmm. you just like, it's so rigid. Like it's so, um, you know, it's rigid and, and it's, it seems like you hear all these stories about people, parents who had to mortgage their houses and do all types of things to get their, you know, young, to mm -hmm. get their child, the coaching age. And we don't, right. we don't want it to be like that. Like we, we really don't. Cause again, that, that works against what this culture is about. And right. so, it is about, but that's the beauty of it is that, you know, we can kind of make this, I believe, how we see it should be and in its integrity and, and making sure that, that, that it's accessible. Like I said, that was part of the reason we stood up because it was like, wait, hold on. This seems like a, a studio pipeline thing. Like, what about the kids that don't take classes at the local breaking yeah, studio? That, that requires they can't afford money, like big money yeah, like, to be able to right. go through those about schools. The, yeah. Right. I mean, we don't want to make this an elitist situation. Obviously, it's not going to be for everybody. I mean, in terms of, you know, some people aren't with it or some people aren't, you know, it's not their vibe or something. But we want to make sure that all these young people, if, if they wanted to, to do this, that there's a pathway for them to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's raising money for them to have the proper shoes or the proper access to this certain kind of, you know, gyms or what have you, but we don't want to make it like lead us like these, these other, these other, 
sports. And I, and I, you know, again, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Paris 2024 does. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how LA 2028 does. Because mm-hmm. to me, I'm looking more at because, again, you know, we're here in LA and the, it, LA is going to be hosting the Olympics. And so in my opinion, we have eight years to create a phenomenal presentation about hip hop culture. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we have years to, to and, and, you know, and I have to say, like, I've been working hard with this city to to get them to understand um, the need for cultural programming and like the Department of Cultural Affairs and stuff like it takes a while to get your foot in the door with all all of these different entities, these stakeholders that deal with arts and culture, um, not even sports, just arts and culture, um, as well as tourism and what have you. But the cool thing is we're we're in a place now with them that I feel like we can all work together to create something really spectacular for 2028. Um, because you know what I mean? Because that's, that's to me, it's like, wow, that, that, that would be amazing. And, and again, to, to start, you know, looking at how this is going to hopefully, you know, be able to generate more funding, more, more funds for people to be involved that, really haven't been able to be involved because our this dance has been the kind of dance this is the first age of this dance in its go around right this is the the fifth generation doing it or what have you that that is we're seeing like people 35 years old still competitive you know like you know that's not that's pretty unheard of people pretty much stop doing this dance you know by the time they hit 30 so um we're seeing, and, 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 and there needs to be more, you know, more opportunities past the life of your battle, you know, your battle prime, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many people that have learned so much through this dance, that whether they've gone and become successful with other things in their life that can give back in a way to really help us understand that there's so much value in this dance beyond just being good at it. It it changes how you see the world. It changes how you see people in the world. Okay. It changes your understanding, your role in this world and your capabilities. So those type of like nuggets to be able to, to, to gift that to a child, you know, that's come from really challenging circumstances is, is really what this is about. Like it kind of goes beyond just, you know, so that's going to be, to me, all that B-roll that's the really exciting stuff. I think the basics of it being in the Olympics, is not super exciting to me. I mean, I think it's cool, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's not going to look that different than the these on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But the B-roll is off the chain. You yeah. know, like we're going to, we're going to see, you know, incredible breakers and their story of how they rose, you know from the South Bronx to blah, blah, blah. We're going to be able to hear the story of this dance and, and the, the lifeblood that created it. And then we're going to hear it from all the different generations and how it changed in the eighties and then the nineties. And like, right. it's going to be exciting. We're going it, to like that part, people are going to connect the stories, you know? And you know what? Yeah. Like, that part is. Yeah. That part is hell exciting. And, and you know, like, like you were saying too, and in terms of that, you know, all of these sports that money gets you there, you know, like the gymnasts and ice skaters, mm-hmm. but like 
that's one of the incredible things about breaking is that I've always loved mm-hmm. like in all like the, the you know, the organizing we've done and sharing hip hop culture with the world. It's always the thing that blows people's minds and draws every elder, youngster, everybody circles around that. And it's like you didn't need all of this, all of this dough. On the contrary, this is these I mean, you got folks that had that one little piece of cardboard. You know, that been rocking them same shoes mm-hmm. for two years, whatever. And you're doing things that are unimaginable to the average person, you know, like doing moves right. and, and this like the rhythm in it, the, everything, the exhibition inside of it is just as athletically incredible as as any gymnast on the floor. But it's coming out of this place yep. where you never expected to see somebody. They didn't need the dope. Like we created this and and the yeah. world seeing that is exciting. Right. Um, I think so. I think it's phenomenal. It's going to be amazing. And, um, you know, we just have to, again, be willing to roll up the sleeves and put in some of that due diligence understanding that we don't do this for a paycheck. Like, this isn't going to be a paycheck situation, not at least right now anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's about, you know, like I say about everything, you know, if you really, the reason I show up is because I care. Mm-hmm. If I didn't care, I would show up. So the people that aren't showing up, I just look at it like, okay, cool. If it's not your thing, fine. But, you know, as somebody who's been a practitioner for almost 30 years and involved in hip hop, like probably 35 plus years, I care on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. So best believe I show up because I want to know and I want to help. It doesn't have to be my way or the highway, but I, I think that I have things to offer that could benefit. And so I have a duty it, to, to be part of things that I know aren't going to necessarily put money in my pocket. That's just, it's just is what it is, you know? So that's hella hip-hop. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it is, man. At the end of the day, it's, uh, that's going to take that. Man. Because um, none of this is work is financed. You know what I mean? There's not money to fund any of this initial work that's why i give it up to those five guys that you know has done a lot of legwork and then seen a lot of disappointments and probably will consider be more disappointments because imagine you do all that and then next year it's a whole fresh group of people working on it you know but that's good that's the good part because you can only give so much for so long you know at that level and then you're like okay i got it i got this step to do i gotta raise my family i gotta go make some money i gotta do some other things and that's when another person steps in and assumes and, 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 and gives what he or she can. So that's how this is working. <laughs> that's a perfect note, because I know we kept you for, for a minute, but um, you, that, that draws it all the way back to um, for all of us elders getting older and older and having our families and these kind of things. That draws it all the way back to the babies coming up into the game and had an idea for for the well actually it wasn't my idea it was it was asked of me uh for the end of of this first little pilot and maybe it becomes a reoccurring thing but straight up uh sis this was inspired by you because i know a little incredible powerful six-year-old lady that's that's got so much spark and strength and potential and watches her elder queens and gets so invigorated from it. And uh, I told her that she, she could possibly ask you a question to run it out. Um, would, would that be oh. cool for the, for the end? She's, 
she she crept she crept in partway through in here. Her name's Taima. Say hello, Ty. Hi. <laughs> and, Hi, Ty. How it, are you? Good. <laughs> you want to go ahead and and ask Asian what it says? Cool. If you ask your question. Um, how do you have the courage to do that so fast? Like to move so fast yeah. on the floor and. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, the speed comes from the discipline of doing it. And, you know, the speed allows the movements to connect, right? So it's, um, it's something where it, it, it's like I want to make sure the speed is there so I can interconnect these moves because when I hesitate or stop, they stop connecting. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think the courage comes from the discipline of doing it and doing it enough where I feel comfortable in it. Like I feel comfortable in my own skin, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry if I look like else or if, you know, anything other than, you know what? I have a place in this because I do this and I put in the work. And I think that that's important too, that, you know, when we talk about things like no easy props, what we're saying is is that everybody's invited to the table, but we all have to put in some work when we're at the table, right? Yeah. And I don't I, – well, I'll put in work, and it will reflect in our dance, in our art. And so when we put our dance out there on the floor, young, beautiful queens like you will look at us and say, wow, how does she – how is she able to do that? And and feel you know be confident enough. It's all because of that. It's it's the it's the it's the being allowed to be part of it and saying I deserve to be part of this. I can be part of this. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do the best I can do. And all I have to do is really keep showing up, and everything else works itself out. Well, for all the folks tuning in. Thank you. We appreciate you spending time with us. And if you want to check out, find out more about Asia One, she's at Asia One NEP, as in no easy props. That's at Asia One NEP on Instagram. You can go to bboysummit.com and keep an eye out because more information is coming in constantly about uh, the rules and announcements that are going to be discussing what's happening as we get closer to 2024 all these moments adding up are going to be where we all come in like the sister said this this is us as a community as a culture and we gotta we gotta make our way through this and make sure that our voices are heard this thing is done right because it is happening so peace y'all do your math and thank you for tuning in to another episode of meeting of the minds this is open hands and it's all love